0: Um, I'm Zainab Badawi, or I should say, since I'm in an Arabic-speaking country, Zainab Badawi. It's my great pleasure to be uh, moderating this uh, discussion with these fine gentlemen behind me. They are the cream of the uh, tourism industry here in the UAE and beyond, and we're going to be discussing the future of the UAE as a global tourism hub. So if these chaps don't know it, then I don't know who does. And we're going to be able to take questions and answers or indeed comments from um, all of you in the audience. So please, I would appreciate some um, interaction. For those of you who haven't taken your seats, please do so as quickly as uh, possible. I'm not going to introduce everybody all in one go. I will do so as they speak. Can we start? Good, good, good. Okay, so um, gentlemen, let me just kick off by asking all of you just very, very briefly, why the United Arab Emirates? People can choose to go to so many places in the world. What is it you have to offer that you feel other parts of the world really, really can't? And I think in this case, it's most appropriate to go to um, Emirates themselves. So let's not start with Dubai, just to make a change. Khalid, you are from uh, Sharjah, yes. and you are responsible for the um, tourism board and all the rest of it in Sharjah. So, not one of the Emirates that we hear as much about in terms of a, a global tourist destination. Tell us later what you're going to be doing about that. But first of all, why the UAE?
1: I think. Uh, I think.
0: Oh, is your microphone not on? Is it on? Yeah, yes, it's okay. good.
1: I think uh, the UAE. <laughs> uh, the main reason for that, as you know, safety and security comes in first place always. Wherever investors look for, visitors, whatever you want to go to, any destination, you would really be looking for the safety and security aspect. This is the number one thing. And I think this is our uh, wise leadership of the United Arab Emirates. has. Uh, they have succeeded in creating this platform for our visitors and investors alike. This is the number one. The number two... I think that uh, the United Arab Emirates, in terms of uh, the diversity that we have across the seven emirates, uh, is is quite unique. Because you can drive from the capital, from Abu Dhabi, to Ras Al Khaimah, uh, the northern part of the country, within like a three-hour drive, you get to see everything. You get to see. Uh, beaches, uh, beautiful beaches, uh, deserts, uh, mountains. It's about
0: sixty-five or seventy kilometers yes. from. so Dubai. that's
1: what makes yeah. it unique. Then the quality of life, of course, is very high. The standard and the quality of life is very. The infrastructure. But they're not moving, you
0: know? They, they just <laughs> visiting.
1: No, many people they come to visit and then they decide to stay here, and this oh, is really? the best part. Yes.
0: So, come as a tourist and then end and up then, being yeah. a resident. Yeah, that's a the, very generous yeah. offer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Issam, you represent the Dubai Corporation Travel and Commerce Marketing um, Organization. Okay. So just take your Dubai, I was going to say hat, but it's not really a hat, yes. is it? Yes. Uh, take that off and just speak as a, a member of the UAE.
2: I think I concur to what, what my colleague uh, Khaled just said as well. It's very important to highlight the fact that every emirate has a unique proposition. And I think it's uh, it's amazing that when people come to Dubai and when they get to experience everything that's uniquely um, at offer, you can see the um, culture sites, the museums, you can see the new landmarks, the new developments, um, the art side, to the new restaurants, everything that's being developed in and around the city, whether it's historic or it's new, there's something different and it's done in a different way in each Emirate. So I think it is very important for people to realize that it is a UAE um, offering and not just individually, just the Emirates.
0: Okay, um, let us go to um, Haitham from Ras, Ras al Khema. We've already heard Ras al Khema mentioned as a go-to place. What is it, 65 to 70 kilometers from Dubai?
3: Yeah, well, you know, Dubai stretches from Muradif all the way down to Jabal Ali, so it depends where you're driving from. It could be 40 minutes, it could be an hour, it could be an hour and a half to reach He said three hours. Okay. From Abu Dhabi. Khalid mentioned oh, right. okay. from Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi but yes. I got good news is we, we now have expanded the new Emirates road, so it's two and a half hours from Abu Dhabi. We're getting closer and Can't closer to, uh, to our friends in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. The, the diversity. But just
0: overall as the UAE. Overall, yeah.
3: the, the diversity of the land and the, the product offering that um, the UAE has brought together allows travelers to experience you know the seven Emirates. Um, and, and today we're seeing a growing trend. For if you think about China and the Chinese travelers who really like to move on and see different offerings, as you know, they go out once a year and they want to make the best of it. We've seen a growing trend where Chinese travelers arrive in Dubai, uh, drive to, sorry arrive in Abu Dhabi, drive to Dubai and uh, drive to Ras Al Khaimah as well, and then either fly out of Ras Al Khaimah through Qatar Airways or fly back uh, uh, through Dubai Airport. Uh, the the product offering that we are seeing. And the strategy that the different Emirates have, we are not necessarily looking at competition. We're looking at at competing at at complementing, and the the what complements, for example, in Ras Al Khaimah with uh, the the rest of the Emirates is the product offering as well. So, uh, Dubai is 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 got great luxury shopping, uh, fantastic, glitzy, glamorous towers, and so does Abu Dhabi. Uh, You know, Sharjah's got its its own unique. Offerings, and so does Ras Al Khaimah, where we have, you know, great natural assets, the highest mountains in the UAE, the beautiful beaches, and all of that really can be packaged as the UAE, the UAE, the convenience of travel, the easy um, access to the UAE, um, the, the the geographical location, um, you know, both airport, uh, Dubai Airport and, Dubai and Abu Dhabi are great hubs. Mm-hmm. Um, Etihad and Emirates Airlines have done a fantastic job in. You know, bringing the UAE together and mm-hmm. and selling that combined packages for right, for travellers.
0: We'll find out more about what Rasul Khema has to offer. It's got the highest mountains, as you said, in the UAE. Have you climbed any of them?
3: I've driven up there. You can drive up the mountain. Yes.
0: That's my idea of mountaineering.
3: <laughs> That's as far as none of that it.
0: none of that uh, business. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Sultan, you are from um, Abu Dhabi, the capital. So um, and you're the acting director at the moment of the. Um, Tourism, Executive authority. Authority. Tourism yeah. yes. So, Abu Dhabi, the capital of the UAE. What do you have? What do you think you can offer as a as a country as a whole?
4: Well, talking about UAE to start with, it's, uh, I believe it's a seven seven destination and one destination, accessible from everywhere and catering for any type of tourist we think about. So, when we think about Abu Dhabi, we need to fit into this equation. We need to complement the offering that is. Dubai is offering and so on and so forward. Abu Dhabi is the largest emirate. Uh, we have three regions. So we have Abu Dhabi region, the Western region and Al Ain. Each region has a unique selling uh, proposition. We're focusing more on Abu Dhabi in building the museums and focusing on the art and cultural side um, uh, plus also uh, building the theme parks. One we announced the One Brother as well. So Abu Dhabi is going to be a diverse but focusing more on culture and and heritage. So that's going to be our, our key uh, selling okay. point.
0: But you're basically saying um, one destination, but actually you've got seven destinations. Seven destinations. So and one. Um, one hit, but you get uh, quite a lot in return. Good. Well, Sharjah has also another representative. You've got quite a strong rearguard action here, haven't <laughs> yeah. you? Um, Sharjah. So, Marwan, you also um, you're in charge of the kind kind of the the investment projects sure. and that kind of thing for Sharjah. <laughs> but before you tell us about that, just tell us how you fit into the picture of the UAE as a whole.
5: Sure. I think uh, the question is. It looks like it's a simple question, but it's actually a tough one. How I know to, it how is. How to how to position the United Arab Emirates? And I think uh, the further you are in the question, then you have less things to say. What to our colleagues have said. What I think what makes the United Arab Emirates so special, it's about its connectivity to the world. Uh, The number of uh, air passengers that actually travel through the United Arab Emirates is like 110 million. Now, convincing them to come to the Emirates and to stay here and to enjoy it, well, there is a lot of activities happening, a lot of things to see, whether there are festivals that are happening, whether there are literature festivals or entertainment festivals that are happening. With the offering that you have more than... How many rooms do you have in, in the whole United Arab Emirates? In Dubai, we have 120,000 rooms. In Sharjah, you have almost 8,000 rooms. So you have a lot. You have from the cheapest numbers of, uh, cheapest hotels to the most expensive. So it's not an expensive place. You have a lot of things to see. You have the scenery of being in the desert. You have the scenery of being through the mountains. You have the amazing beachfronts, or whether you're in the eastern part or the, or the western part of the United Arab Emirates. It's a cosmopolitan city. It's a place where you have entertainment. You have shopping. You have... Uh, almost 42 museums in the United Arab Emirates. It's one of the most beautiful and safest cities that you will ever visit. It goes to history that goes to back to 125,000 years before present, all the way to the pre-Islamic stage. And, and when we talk about the Emirates, it's not just another Emirate. It's, it's the United Arab Emirates that have that have one of the diversified, uh, I would say, economy. It is. It's a place where people come to visit to stay here maybe for a weekend. But what makes it so special, it's, it's this, the place when you come to the Emirates, you feel home. You don't feel that you're actually traveling to a place where you're not welcomed. It's a place where everybody uh, smiles to you. On the, on the way to the airport, booking through Emirates airline, they smile to you. You land in You're the Emirates, everybody smile smiles, smiles, everybody smiles to you. So we're, we're all smiling. We're, you know, yeah. we're a place that welcomes people. And this is something that <laughs> okay. a lot of people dismisses when they travel. They go to a place where they're not welcomed. And in the Emirates, it's totally different. We have more than 200 nationalities. And that's what makes the Emirates so special. When the start of the Emirates, Sheikh Zayed said, we are a place that we love to see people coming to us. And for our, for our job as tourism promoters, I would say, it is, we need to make sure that whoever comes here gets the right offering when it comes smiling and gets the right, uh, <laughs> the, right the way of how can he be Thank actually you. welcomed in this place. Yeah. So this is our, in a nutshell, what we do in the Emirates. Okay, and I should say you're actually, you are CEO
0: of Chirouk. It, it was you, Sultan, who was the acting director good and you have got a smile on your face and i have to say since i met you this morning it's been permanently fixed on your face thank you gerald lawless you are somebody you've just been made chair of the world travel and tourism council
6: well done congratulations <laughs> on that thank you very much Does thank you, thank you very much.
0: but you're also head of tourism dubai holding and honorary president of Jumeirah group You've got a lot of hats today, haven't you? So can you wear the hat, yes, that best addresses (laughs) this overall question of the future of the UAE as a global tourism hub, so the UAE United?
6: Uh, I think all of my colleagues have said it very eloquently and uh, summarized it quite well. But I do believe a lot of the uniqueness of UAE as a tourism destination very much hangs around the, the diversity of the population. And as you're saying, the people that are here, uh, the, not just the expatriates, but very much the nationals have always been so welcoming to strangers. And it's been something that uh, I know from my time in Jumeirah where our guests have, have really appreciated the kind of welcome they've had here. In fact, we've seen a lot of um, events being held, say in the early days where uh, a convention or a conference would be held in the UAE and people would come here, mainly men on their own, and they'd all really fall in love with the place. And I, I've rarely met anybody who's come to the UAE who has not returned. And uh, that's a testament, I think, very much to the, to the people of the United Arab Emirates. And the way we are encouraged, as you have said, by the leadership of the UAE to be welcoming, to be open. Even now, we have a Minister for Tolerance, which uh, I think is so significant, especially in these days, you know, where we have so many challenges worldwide and to see that there's this totally harmonious country where we have so many, so many nationalities, all working hard for their families, for themselves, and indeed for the UAE, whether or not you're a national of the UAE. So I think it's a great place, and uh, if you add to that, which I'm sure Thierry will talk about in a second, the kind of connections that we have. But as a, as a hotelier, I would say that uh, if you look at the number of hotels and the hotel rooms, the standard and quality of hotels and the hospitality within those, those hotels that our guests experience then it really does create a unique uh, again experience for people and uh, places like dubai we have our beaches we have our shopping yes but you also have the amazing creek mm-hmm. site which uh, sometimes i feel is uh, often ignored because it's one of the the great attributes of dubai to be able to go through the souks to cross the creek in anabra so there's 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 no end of possibilities from the mountains of Ras the deserts of Abu Dhabi, and all the beautiful the mangrove swamps and everything that we have down there. There's just there's no end of uh, diversity within the country, both you like the what people you're hearing and from the product.
0: him, Don't you? Yeah. Both of us are liking <laughs> it. Yeah, you're liking it. I think you've ticked a lot of boxes for your Emirati uh, colleagues on the panel here, Gerald. Thank you very much. Thank well, you. you, Thierry, Emirates Vice President, it's your job to get people from all over the world to visit UAE. So how would you answer this question of you fly people everywhere, so why would you say they should come to the Emirates?
7: Because of all what was said before, this diversity in harmonies, the diversity in unity, uh, a great leadership historically and a great vision in the country where the rulers of this country and if, of each Emirate, create a place where everybody can be successful if you live here, uh, give each company a framework to develop good product, good value for money, good differentiation, and uh, give to the people indirectly coming here a sense of happiness. We have a Minister of Tolerance, we have a Minister of Happiness also here. Is
0: there a Minister uh, of Happiness yes, here? Yes. 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 You're copying Personally, Britain, response, aren't you? Yes. Britain started and, uh, off with the first
7: and if you read, uh, and as a European, and after I come on the Emirates, but uh, Emirates Airlines issue, but uh, if you read uh, the last book of his Aynesh Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid, it begins with, and I speak with my uh, European stakeholder and the politician I met in Europe, it begins with what is the role of a government. So government is there to make the citizens happy through education, safety, health. So here you care about people. If you are in an environment where everybody is caring, from the top to each uh, face, <coughs> uh, customer-facing employee, you create a unique place. At Emirates, we try to do that. Our customer-facing group are the most important people in the company. We think that if the customer is happy, the employees are proud, if the employees are proud and deliver a good experience, the shareholder will be successful. So it's not about anything else at creating a place. So what we do on this superb uh, framework and mindset and position, we just leverage with vision and pace on the opportunity on this place plus the geographical location. You have to know that one third of the worldwide population is living four hours' flight from Dubai. of the worldwide population is living uh, eight eight hours hours flight from.
0: So that's China eight hours away, India four hours
7: away. So what we do at an extremely high pace, we develop a network uh, where the company grow every year by at least 10%. The first ATM was only 94, so it's not so long ago long emirates had 15 aircraft and we are transporting 2 million people today we have 52 million people and 250 aircraft and because we have all these diversities this geographical location we are able to do that with the largest fleet in the world Mm. regarding wide bodies aircraft no airline has as many 380s airbus 380s and boeing triple seven uh, than Emirates. And the real estate and the performance of these aircraft enable us to deliver value for money, inspiration and quality Bringing people in here. each class, in each segment. That's why oh. we have a mosaic of hotels, of attraction, of, of, of pace, of growth, of mindset that enable us to plug from... Norway, from Africa, from Japan, from We're talking France.
0: about the UAE. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that, no, that, that, <laughs> that's fine, exactly. yes,
0: yes. You so can bring them from but all over. It
7: begins with a mindset and sure. the geographical location and the obsession to make people happy through value for money.
0: Okay. Because there's 150 destinations you have worldwide. 150,
7: yeah. yes. Yeah. And f- Very good. 38 of them are served by the flagship of Emirates, the Airbus yeah. 380.
0: Sure. And how's Jennifer Aniston doing for business?
7: She's very well. She say hi to everybody. Oh, yeah. there
0: you are.
6: She's yeah. having a shower at the moment. She's yeah. having a
7: shower. <laughs> <laughs> um, she never flies Delta Airlines anymore. Yeah, there you are. So and, uh, what's good enough for Jennifer? She's preparing. I heard
0: a second one. Second She's been very, the, it's been a very successful advertising campaign for you, hasn't it? And the had had Nicole Kidman, didn't it? But we won't talk about that because they're not represented here. So Aliji, once the people have got to their destination here at the UAE, we um, have to put them in hotels. And you're Hilton worldwide, responsible for this region. So um, what's your opening statement in terms of the UAE?
8: In and Gerald uh, alluded to that. Uh, the UAE do have uh, a phenomenal uh, hospitality array of choices, and some from the best hotels around the world. But I think there's something more uh, around the, the UAE in particular. And we touched with being happy, etc. I think the, how the people working in the hotel are so hospitable uh, is, uh, is something uh, magic and special about that place. Uh, our history goes long ago in, uh, in uh, Al Ain, at the very beginning of uh, forming of the, of the United Arab Emirates, and ever since we kept developing. And we now touch uh, five of the seven emirates, and we continue uh, to develop new hotels, uh, uh, fueled by the by the energy and the passions and the visions that, you, that you've all spoken about. So uh, trying to make sure that all of the efforts that is done to bring people into the Uh, various emirates then translate into great customer experiences by being really caring at those customers one by one and making sure that they go back to their countries with great stories to tell their friends and and get the cycle
0: Mm -hmm. going all right so uh, just maybe come to you first gerald the fact is when you talk about the uae you tend to think about the more kind of you know elite traveler don't you you know the luxury hotel we, we know you know I've traveled a lot to the region and I always find myself in a hotel room unable to operate the lights I can't turn them all off because it's so complicated I mean even last night I didn't know how to turn off my television I was looking for the remote control and I realized there was some kind of computer thing on my desk you know it, it is a, a real luxury experience is that where you see the UAE really developing further because there is that middle market isn't there
6: not being able to uh, turn off your television is hardly a, an elite experience <laughs> no because i
0: mean it's so it is so it's such a swanky room you know that it's got all the latest technology and, and, even, off and i couldn't them. and even when you want to when you want to ring up reception for help i can't even I, don't know how to operate I mean, the line, I mean, you to, know to, what i mean to
6: address your question yeah. i think that the, the diversity again of the uh, product that we've been bringing into the united arab emirates over the last say even 10 years you can see it growing that like in, in this complex area Ebus is now must be well over 10 years old the Ebus hotel and we have been able to diversify diversify both in terms of the uh, all, all the conventions conferences that have been held here you can stay in different types of hotels from budget right up to your elite where you can't turn the television off but uh, i would say that Yes, it was right to evolve and develop, say, a place like Dubai, whom we know best. And I first came here to live in 1978, so it was quite a different place then. But we have been able to develop Dubai, I think, as a high-quality destination. And that quality has permeated all the way through. So even when you have a budget hotel in Dubai or in Abu Dhabi or indeed in the United Arab Emirates, typically it's still of a higher standard. It's a
0: high-quality budget. Figure that one out. Well,
6: it is. (laughs) You know, and it, is. It, it, it is real, and people have that expectation, and this comes around everything what people are saying about the whole feeling of safety, security, of feeling good when you come to the United Arab Emirates to stay. You know you have a high threshold of quality here in this so country at whatever level as you're well. staying.
0: So it's not just the elite traveler all, who wants no. the gold-plated uh, iPad uh, Look, look at the
6: family travel, look at the, the Islamic travel that we're having, the people that are coming here for all different reasons, and for this great, as we keep saying, diversity of this country, where you can experience so many different things at so many different levels. If you stay as a business person in a convention hotel, and you come back, say, six months later, as a family, with your family, you're a different market. Okay. You have different needs.
8: Absolutely. It's is about a three occasions, right? It could yes. be still the same customers looking for different things yeah, at, but different at different times of the year. That's why at one stage we started developing on the, uh, we develop on the luxury end of the spectrum, but then uh, absolutely all the way through to the mid market, as you were saying, where I think there's plenty of space. We've, we just opened uh, uh, three Hilton Garden Inns, uh, which are an icon in that mid market segment, in the span of uh, 90 days, and we announced them. Uh, it was a year ago at ATM when uh, when we announced those, and we believe there's still a lot of space. For that development of the market, which That's I think right, is it it across natural, the UAE. It, across That's the UAE, and right. it's a natural flow for, for for a country that develops, right? You first go into your food service structures, and then some icons on the luxury side. Uh, I knew side. they that
6: like it, Ali G. But we were taken on a tour of uh, once the garden and, uh, downtown or in uh, in uh, Dera. And uh, the developers said, "Oh, for, for for Dubai, we upgraded the standards a bit, <laughs> and, <laughs> a, a, really a little
8: bit. But things like a room service is something you would expect when you were talking about uh, mm. quality." No, but mean, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yes. So
0: Sultan and Marwan, though, because Sultan, your Abu Dhabi, and Marwan, your your Sharjah. Um, when it comes to developing your tourism sector, really, Dubai, as we heard Gerald say, you know was really first out of the trap. doesn't have the oil wealth that Abu Dhabi has. And so it had to really look at the service sector much earlier on. And now when the talk is for everybody in any part of the world about diversifying your economy and not just relying on oil or whatever commodity it is, you've got a hard job to catch up really haven't you because i mean dubai now as we were here no doubt was it 14 million people visited in 2015. 14.2 yes I mustn't forget that point
2: too
0: <laughs> yes please yes <laughs> 40, yes please 14.2 <laughs> million in 2015 and um you know you, you're you were four million i think abu dhabi last year
4: so the way we measure is uh, is hotel guest so it's four uh, 4.1 million for yeah. last year So
0: so, so, so much, substantially less. So the question really is, can you catch up with Dubai that really is so far ahead?
4: See, um, tourism, as you mentioned, in Abu Dhabi started a bit late. Let's say 2006-2007, the TCA was established with a mandate to develop the tourism sector in Abu Dhabi. So we're talking roughly about 10 years. When we started, we had around 7,000 hotel rooms and around 1 million hotel guests. In 10 years' time, we increased that number from 7,000 hotel rooms to 30,000 hotel rooms, plus uh, from 1 1 million hotel guests to 4.1 million hotel guests. Uh, The growth happened because we had a clear vision that we want to diversify our economy, and we identified tourism as one of these key enablers to diversify this economy. Uh, so the investment came in terms of building the right infrastructure, the right products. We're talking about Yas Island with the different products uh, available there, the Louvre, the Guggenheim, the Sheikh Zayed Museum, Etihad Airways, the expansion of the airport, building the cruise terminal as well. So all of these key enablers uh, supported this. A tremendous growth in 10 years.
0: So you're not trying to compete with Dubai. You're trying to offer something different by giving the art, as you say, the Guggenheim and the Louvre that are being built. And and also you've got your Yas Island with Formula One and the water park there.
4: Our initial strategy is to differentiate ourselves to complement other emirates. And that's where we started our foundations. So having these projects definitely will complement the visitors coming to Dubai to Ras Al Khaimah and vice versa. If somebody comes to Abu Dhabi, he will definitely enjoy a different experience in Dubai and so on. And so like forth.
0: what do you mean by different experience? For example, more the, authentic, is Arabian? Is that what you mean?
4: See, as I mentioned uh, earlier, Abu Dhabi is the largest emirate, and we have different regions. So um, we're building the, the museums. So to have three different international museums in one island, one place. And then having a theme park just ten minutes drive right from there. Plus, if you go to the eastern region Al Ain, you will see historical sites, six thousand years old forts, oases, and so on. And if you go to Al Gharbiya, you will have this tranquility, beach resort, and so on. So, so this you're trying is, to be quite
0: different so from the kind of the, the yes. modern skyscraper uh, kind of drive that yeah. you have in Dubai and the nightclubs and the restaurants and all that you want to offer something that is a little bit different.
4: Yes. For example, if the visitors uh, or or a tourist um, uh, decides to come to Abu Dhabi and, and let's say uh, extend his stay, he will definitely go to the way to experience something different and so on. So I think what we do as seven emirates and, and uh, that promoting the, the UAE and each city so aggressively is we're complementing each other. So I think the acquisition cost even for the tourists will be less because um, we don't want to create more visitors as much as we want them to retain and to come back again. And that's where the value we should create by complementing each other. Okay, um, Marwan
0: uh, at Changer, uh, I mean, again, but, uh, it's a bit of a challenge so I will you. talk
5: about the tourism uh, development side, and I will keep maybe Khaled to talk about the tourism promotion. Uh, when we talk about, I don't I don't think we're in a race here about uh, reaching or achieving what Dubai have achieved because at the end of the day, we complement each other. We can't have another Dubai next to Dubai. So we have to have an emirate that basically complements what Dubai doesn't offer. So what we did in uh, the Sharjah Investment and Developed Authority is we focused on things that actually Dubai maybe have missed or something that Sharjah can actually build on. So at the beginning, we started on a project called the Heart of Sharjah, which is basically taking the whole historical area of Sharjah and transforming it into a destination. And currently, we're, that area is one of the busiest area when it comes to heritage. Talking about the 1800, the 1700, the 1600, You go back, you want to see the history. You want to get, see the spice market. You want to go to a specialty coffee maker. You want to go to a place that you can do those a girl in front of you. That's what you want to see. That's something that is different, authentic and real. And that's th- something that you can't actually buy. And this is something that Sharjah have done that differentiated itself. Today, we have the, sh- the biggest uh, heritage days called the Sharjah Heritage Day that happens every April. And it's a fascinating event that you see the old part of Sharjah is actually live and and, uh, in a different way. On the other part, uh, we focused also on ecotourism. And I'm not talking about only Shuruq here. I'm talking about the Sharjah government. Because ecotourism is something that we supported very much in promoting Sharjah and the East Coast. In the East Coast, we have a beautiful scenery. In a city called Kelba, you can go there kayaking around in the mangroves seeing the turtles the crabs the kingfisher bird and all of those areas are actually in the tentative listing some of them are in the ramzar some of them are in ramzar as the wetlands one of the areas in the middle of the desert you'll find you'll find different types of foxes different types of reptiles there we talk about uh, archaeology that goes back to, as I said, 125,000 years before present. You go to that site and you'll see, you'll see those tombs. You'll go into trekking. You'll go through the mountains, through the caves. And I'm talking about archaeology here. And if you're an archaeologist, you'll know Mleha. It's actually it used to be the capital of the old Oman. And that's about how can we differentiate ourselves from what Dubai is offering, or what Abu Dhabi, and it's what the United Arab Emirates is offering. And if you go to another city in in Khorfakan, and that's about underwater sea life. And if you are a scuba diver, you definitely know Khorfakan because it's the best place where you have caves under the water, and it's a fascinating island. On the northern part of the Emirates, on the eastern eastern part, we have Dibba, another island, another another city within the within the United Arab Emirates. have
0: so yeah, and that's how that, that we differentiate ourselves. Haven't you got a Noor island yes, with the butterflies? Yeah, so
5: we go back to to the cosmopolitan yeah. city, and what we did in Sharukh, we developed areas around Sharjah. So we created Al Qasba. A cultural uh, destination. Then we created the Majaz waterfront, where you have a musical fountain, restaurants, and a very beautiful scenery. And then we have created Al Noor Island, where you have butterflies flying, with art sculptures, a beautiful place to visit. A place that, if you visit, you will always remember that destination. Okay,
0: you haven't left him anything to say. <laughs> Sorry, Khalid. <laughs> Khalid, he hasn't, has he? No.
1: Oh, but, uh, if I a few things so that we are in the, okay. sharp, the context now mm-hmm. well it's That's just yes so, so that yeah <laughs> I think uh, what my colleague Marwan, uh, what my colleague Marwan has just said is uh, very true and I think uh, if you look at it uh, today uh, for example here at the at the ATM uh, the, uh, the United Arab Emirates is maybe the only country or one of the few countries uh, that has uh, different emirates. Uh, have their own stand. Like Dubai has a stand, Sharjah has a stand, Ras al-Khaimah, Abu Dhabi, and so on. Uh, I think this shows you that our products complement each other. Our products are different. Our USPs are different. And I think it's unwise to create, and it's almost impossible to create another another Dubai uh, and Sharjah being the closest uh, neighboring Emirate to Dubai. Uh, and Sharjah is the only Emirate that neighbors the other six Emirates, by the way. We're the closest to dubai so i think we should uh, and this is what we did we offer something completely different mm. i think uh, he told us yeah. that yeah yeah he we, did. We, we have sure. the cultural side we are a family destination uh, and this is what uh, what uh, we so focus on
0: when you say family destination just very briefly because uh, i mean dry so dry, for the yeah. foreign yes. tourists yes. 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 yes yeah it's a uh,
1: dry emirate of course yes. and uh, That's not going to hold back your tourism, you don't
0: think, for the Westerners, uh, and the Arabs, families.
1: Families normally, when they when families travel, they they they're not really concerned with uh, having a lot of, you know, consuming a lot of alcohol and uh, all the time. So I think the experience now, as per the UNWTO, their latest reports, the World Tourism Organization, travelers have become more experiential. Experiencing something, it's a memory that you take home with you that will last forever. So the alcohol so isn't the necessary. Alcohol is
0: not, and not... you
1: surprised, actually, by, yeah, uh, Sorry, I don't drink, uh, so it's not a problem no, for me, surp- but... Um, it's not
0: really a yeah. big uh, challenge. Interesting, though, you've also banned shishas, haven't you, in yeah, Sharjah, a long time yeah. ago, yes. And the World Health Organization yeah. was very happy when you did that. That was a very brave move. So if you go to Sharjah, yeah. I have to say, no shisha, no alcohol. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Okay, fine. Healthy city. Uh, yeah. it's the healthy city. It's a healthy yeah. city. Okay. It's a yeah, safer so city, could... by, the, by by, any, yeah. by any ways, by the way. Clearly, <laughs> your
0: ecotourism yeah. is uh, you take it very yes, seriously. Yes. Islam. So then, where does that leave Dubai? So, uh, what, what do you make of the fact that you know you've got a very different experience there from a neighbouring emirate, which is saying we don't want the shiny city, we want something a bit more authentic? Is Dubai just going to content itself? <laughs> with being the shiny city?
2: I think, I think it's safe to say that with Dubai in the past, the way that we, we've established the tourism destination for ourselves, we've relied a lot on that private-public uh, partnership that has been there for quite some time. And by that, I mean if you look at what Emirates Airlines has done putting Dubai on the map, what a lot of the key signature products that have come up in Dubai, such as Burj Al Arab or Burj Khalifa or the Palm Islands and so on, they've all helped really put Dubai on the map. So now, from a destination where when I travel and I tell people when they ask me where are you from, going from Dubai next to Saudi Arabia, now the minute I say Dubai, they start asking me, oh, where Palm Island is, where Burj, Al Arab is and Burj Khalifa is, so at least we have achieved that. But now it's about also taking it to the next level and really showing them the depth of what Dubai has to offer. Because you're
0: identified by your buildings, your new buildings. To a certain degree, yes. To a certain degree.
2: And I think there's a lot more that Dubai has to offer. And Oddly enough, it's when people come to Dubai and they come here quite often that they start telling you, we didn't know about this part of Dubai or what Dubai has to offer or the gastronomy aspect, for example, about the amazing restaurants that you have to offer. So we quickly identified the key propositions for us. We started looking at the things that we need to communicate about Dubai because we set ourselves a very challenging target. In 2012, we we broke the 10 million international visitor mark for the first time and we set a target for ourselves to reach 20 million visitors by 2020 in order to do so we definitely need to leverage that that public private relationship because there's a lot of um, strategy that needs to go behind it and then we need to work closely with the private sector because they're the ones who're going to be investing in that sector for us the hotel developments increasing the hotel uh, the room uh, the room numbers and making sure that we have uh, enough supply coming in from there the road and transport authority working closely with emirates airlines understanding what their expansion plans are because we can't continue to rely on the six or seven key source markets for us so we now focus on 20 markets that we need to be going after and again mm-hmm. what we offer what we focus on can also benefit the other emirates as we benefit from what they're doing as well so if there's something that's offered in Abu Dhabi that's different or in, in Khaimah, or in Sharjah, it doesn't mean that we're going to go and invest in the same things again right. but we will leverage that to make sure that the visitor gets a much w- more well-rounded experience with that one visit
0: mm-hmm. okay um, Haitham, so you're Ras al and you told us about your mountains and you've got lots of things in Ras al You've got the virgin beaches, the springs, the historic sites also. And you're also trying to go in for this kind of family tourism with a, an eco bent as well. But do you think you're, you know, you're gonna be running to catch up that perhaps you, you've embarked on this a little belatedly? Because even Dubai is saying, the shiny city is not enough in the nightclubs. We're also trying to offer a more rounded experience.
3: Yes, I think just really, uh, adding on to what Marwan said earlier, we're not in race. Um, you know, I don't think our objective is to catch up. Our objective is to position ourselves on the map and, and to uh, offer a diverse experience to travelers from you know across the world. And I, just for a bit of history, actually, tourism in the UAE started in Sharjah. In the 80s, when people wanted to come for tourism of the UAE, they went to Sharjah. Dubai led the way in bringing something really different to uh, tourism. I sold Dubai in the 90s. I was here selling Dubai in the 90s alongside the tourism board. And back then, we had one shopping mall, which was, I think, Al Goree shopping mall. And, and Al Wafi uh, shopping mall. Eventually, City Center opened, but we did not really have that much to sell. However, tourists came from Russia, from Germany, from the UK. They came to the UAE, and we saw that growth in both product, supply, and demand together. We've went through ups and downs like like any destination. Ras Al is now coming on the map. To position itself as a seventh emirate, yeah, as one of the Emirates that has also great natural assets uh, that are within proximity. You know the, the mountains I mentioned earlier. We had snow in the mountains recently in February. I mean, who would have thought you have snow in the UAE? You can
0: start skiing.
3: You can't ski. No, no, not yet. Um, we have to pray a little bit more for uh, more snow.
0: He uh, said you can ski in Dubai. Oh,
3: yeah, there you go. You, you can. would say that, wouldn't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. <laughs> well done. You've got
0: your man-made archipelago, though, haven't you? Absolutely. Al-Marwan Island.
3: But see, that's where we complement each other, right? So, you know, Dubai's offering, Khalid's offering in Sharjah, family destination. It's great, and that's what makes us so different. So so it's come
0: for one, but see the others, whichever one it is you arrive, because you can fly to Dubai and... Get to Ras Al Khaimah. Yes. Also, your airport has about what a million visitors has taken, and Absolutely. also via Doha. Absolutely. And speaking yeah. of
3: ecotourism, the, the, the Ras Al Khaimah still has some really fantastic virgin beaches where you still see uh, turtles and stingrays and even starfish, and um, 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 you know close to the shore. And that's that's the beauty of the UAE as a whole. That's mm-hmm. you know that's what makes us a great destination. But one thing I want to mention is you know we talk about the UAE and how different, but I'll just talk about France for a little bit, yeah? Think of Dubai being Paris or France, right? Now, you don't you don't see the Côte d'Azur racing to become the next Paris. Right? And, and that's what we need to think about the UAE. None of the other Emirates have ever, ever announced trying to build the tallest tower or the biggest shopping mall, right? And we're all busy trying to leverage our greatest assets to position those into the market. Not necessarily busy trying to peak across you know, the border of what are they doing and how can I copy it? This is, this, I think that's a clear indication of how we're trying to work together in leveraging and, uh, this complementing mm. asset.
0: Okay. Gentlemen then, uh, well, maybe you first, Gerald. Where do you see, so we've heard about the strategy, how the UAE compares with other parts of the world. Where do you see the growth coming? I mean, it was you Thierry who talked about India being a four-hour flight away and China 8 hours and we know that although the Chinese economy is flagging a little bit in terms of Purchases luxury purchases and so on they want to go in much more for Experiences and travel be it luxury or middle market. So where do you see the expansion?
6: Well, of see tourism very much, here? First of all with, with what you have here already is the uh, UAE well-established uh, as a universal aviation hub. theory already talked about the kind of populations we have around here and tourism always comes and goes different from different uh, destinations from different origins if you think a few years ago the russian tourists were really big particularly in their average spend coming into dubai initially and then coming out through the through the emirates and suddenly that stops because their currency collapsed for various reasons so they've gone from uh, 32 rubles to the dollar to about 70 rubles to the dollar at one stage. So naturally the buying power of the Russians suddenly stops. Then we have to look elsewhere. We're a very nimble industry and we have to be. We have to be agile and we have to be able to look around. What about domestic
0: tourism as well as Arabs, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and so on? It's a great
6: idea and a lot more maybe, uh, sorry theory, people could actually drive here a bit more (laughs) as well. Just to give you an example of uh, my own home country, Ireland, And again, it talks about linking the, uh, the country together. They've established what's called the Wild Atlantic Way. Ireland, as you know, is on the western tip of Europe facing towards the States. We say that New York is a small town off the coast of Ireland. So there's nothing between the west of Ireland and the United States and Canada, and there's this rugged coastline over over 1,100 kilometres, which has now been nominated as the uh, the longest signposted route in the world, hmm. where they've. This tourism route, you can do it all in one go, you can do it over a number of years, it gives you a reason to come back, you can cycle parts of it. So, one, one could imagine linking the Emirates with something similar like that to encourage our tourists everywhere. So, domestic to and regional yeah. tourism and, as well. You know, the theme of this is really interests me as well is that uh, we're talking about the future of tourism for this country. And I'd love to know, I mean, I would, if you don't mind me asking a little question. Of course, be my guest. What, it, what will this? what will 20 million visitors look like? What will Dubai look like with 20 million visitors? What will the whole country look like with 50, 60, 70 million visitors, whatever comes in the end? And what infrastructures are needed to make sure that uh, the the experience of the guest is still to the standard that we, we love to deliver at the moment that we've all talked about? So it's not just the present and the past of what has been established, but really what will this country look like in the future? And I think that, we have a big obligation to start really, and we know through the leadership here through his Highness Sheikh Mohammed and everybody here, that people love to you know, strategize 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. And I think it's something that we really need to address mm. as well. I'm not saying it's not being addressed, sure. but I think it's something that uh, okay. is very interesting to look at for all of us involved in the industry.
0: Okay, so we've got domestic and regional tourism as well as further global, but we haven't talked gentlemen about Business. A lot of people come to this yes. part of the world on business, and there's this funny thing, isn't there? Pleasure, a mixture of business yes. and leisure. And so the people who come for events, conferences, or business meetings will also. Who wants to address that particular area? You can, want to, yeah? yeah sure.
2: um, if you look at the overall tourist figures for Dubai, 20% of our visitors are business uh, tourists, and more so. Um, now they're crossing into that grey area where business and, and, and leisure actually cross over, and I think that's been a, a significant factor for us because, from our experience, most, almost all business visitors who come to Dubai for that first time, not knowing what to expect, end up coming back again and again with family and friends, and a lot of them end up being convinced that what Dubai has to offer as an infrastructure in terms of its IT infrastructure, the road transport, the airports, the airlines, and connectivity east and west is the ideal place for them to establish their regional presence, their hub, and eventually convince a lot of the team members to move to Dubai, and that in itself, because of the leisure aspect of what Dubai has been famous for, makes it much easier for people to move to Dubai because of the lifestyle that they can afford for their family, the schools, the education, the healthcare, So the, the two live everything. off each other, really. Absolutely, yeah. and okay. for us, the one thing that we've been really focusing on for quite a long time, and it is one of the key propositions, are the events, whether it's business events or leisure events, and on the business event side, if I go back to 2003 when it's the first time Dubai successfully won the bid to host the IMF nobody expected a city like Dubai and it was still relatively unknown in, in that area to to be able to manage something the logistics the security aspect of an event like that but I think the fact that it was done so successfully and so smoothly it catapulted Dubai all, all of a sudden into another completely different area and, and we started to be able to bid and win all these amazing mm. events and and uh, cardiology and and, and uh, the bar association meetings, everything sure. that happens. You've since that, then.
0: You've, but Abu Dhabi is also doing that. Sorry, Alijah you wanted to come in and then no. maybe yeah. Oh no, because I went to World Economic Forum meeting a few mm-hmm. months ago in, in Abu Dhabi. Yeah and um, so others are trying to do that yes, too
4: basically yeah. it's, um, it's part of diversification so we need to focus on two segments to sustain the destination so ledger is part of of what we're focusing on which is also cruise golf tourism and so on and the other part which is the the mice part the meeting incentives exhibitions and conferences so what we are working as tca and we're working hard to grow this segment by uh, bidding for uh, large conferences and exhibitions to come to Abu Dhabi, working with incentive houses and incentive groups to bring their... Um, one example is the, uh, uh, the Chinese New Skin. New Skin uh, incentive group, 15,000 people who came, which was shared between Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Yeah. So I believe in terms of the infrastructure, we are well set up uh, to host and accommodate for the business uh, tourism with Adnick exhibition center. In Abu Dhabi, and also the uh, yeah. the rest of the uh, venues and facilities we have
8: across Abu Dhabi. Mm. Good.
0: Let's, Alija, did you want to say no, something? No, no, just
8: saying, it, it, you're yeah. absolutely right, and it's for us. It's about it as well making sure that we we as hotels we sell the destination first before we even sell our hotels. That creates an additional desire of combining exactly what you were saying, business and leisure yes. into leisure stays. It's about making sure that we feed our customers with. A, Uh, the information that they need in that planning phase after they have booked, when they're really still considering what to do uh, at the final destinations. And and we do it uh, pretty well with our um, loyalty programs. So the frequency and the personalizations on which we speak with our customers through the Honours programs allow to spark new ideas and saying, shall I bring my spouse or shall I bring my friends along with the trip? because there are a lot of other things to do other than my uh, great events or great meetings there. So that's... Good. It's, everyone has a role to play in making sure that you create that interest.
0: Okay, audience. So, uh, interesting, very interesting comments we've had here. So, does anybody want to make a comment or ask a question that they feel we haven't yet? Uh, my name is my question, my question is regarding the sport tourism. Sport, sport tourism.
6: tourism. tourism. Yeah. I brought. Uh, the 250 students from Karachi, the girls and the boys they play the local, uh, local uh, school student the matches. So I just want to know Custom what, uh, what uh, the UAE is doing for the sport tourism uh, within our a, within a region, with uh, the domestic
3: and uh, the international tourism. Okay,
0: thank, thank
3: you. you. So I wanted to just pick up on this because um, obviously sports tourism is a trend we are Uh, working on leveraging in Ras al-Khaimah. Given the natural assets, given the mountains we mentioned, we had our first um, GCC hiking competition in Ras al-Khaimah and it was was one of the first that we have had and one of many to come. But also we've had um, cycling races, we've had uh, mountain biking races and uh, we're actually actively working on adding more uh, events that relate to sports tourism. so it, is, it, it really doesn't just reflect on Ras al-Khaimah as an emirate, I know, and I'll let uh, Issam speak for that in Dubai, because I'm sure as well we've heard about a number of, of uh, activities and events that were related to sports that were here as well in Dubai, but that, that is a growing trend, there is a growing market, um, and we certainly uh, are positioning ourselves in Ras al-Khaimah where we, like I said, leveraging those natural assets to continue to grow that segment. Uh, I'll uh, maybe I'll ask
0: Sultan Abu Dhabi, because you have Formula One.
3: So when,
4: when we talk about sport tourism, it's a, it's a bit diverse. You know, from football to motorsport and so on. And also events-based uh, sport tourism or different types of tourism. For Abu Dhabi, um, we started a couple of initiatives to grow the segment, starting with the Formula One. So we built the Yas Marina Circuit. We brought the Formula One, and we saw the impact in terms of number of tourists, the revenue from hotels, and so on. We have also golf courses. Uh, we we have the Abu Dhabi HSBC Golf Championship as well. So we're leveraging from our infrastructure that we already had or the one we built now to uh, to activate it and bring events that will position Abu Dhabi as a tourist as a sport tourism destination and to leverage from these assets. Okay. Thank
0: you. If you pass the microphone maybe to you, Khalid, and answer the question about mid-markets, uh, we heard about mid-market for Dubai. Yeah, I will ask about, yeah, sure, mid-market and also, uh, well, that one I was going to leave for the very end, that question about 2016 for the future at the, the very end. So the mid-market one, if you please, what are you doing here?
2: Uh,
1: of course uh, as we said it's very important to have uh, uh, different uh, categories and to cater for the biggest uh, number and to the widest number of uh, visitors that come to the united arab emirates we in charge looking at the 2015 uh, statistics we've noticed actually that uh, three and four star hotels have I have covered uh, the slight drop that uh, took place in the 5-star uh, hotel performance in 2015. So there is no... Um, uh, we should always focus on having different uh, products available and different uh, star ratings available in across our uh, destination so that we can cater to the highest number of people. I think uh, a while ago we were talking about uh, the luxury destinations and uh, it doesn't mean if you're a luxury destination, you shouldn't have uh, three-star, two-star, four-star hotel categories. You. It's not, you, you can't have your destination only based on five-star or seven-star flagship. So hotels. Yeah, we yeah. heard about
0: Dubai with its budget. Yeah good value budget and the question yeah. was about what other emirates yes. are yeah. doing yeah. maybe hand the pho- the microphone to Marwan is your microphone yeah, maybe I, I is working. It's, it's working it's working, yeah. it's working. so marwan maybe uh, you could pick up on the question of health and well-being Same. because um, medical tourism and health and well-being yeah. is yeah. is also something that uh, yeah. is being picked up in the emirates maybe
5: something about sports and then after that we we'll sure. talk about health sure so and the sport yeah uh, historically actually i'm not sure the guy who asked was from pakistan i think you watch cricket, I'm sure most of the cricket matches actually between India and, and Pakistan were actually played in Sharjah. So everybody, every cricket fan knows about Sharjah, and we have a magnificent stadium. Until today, there are cricket matches. On the other hand, when it comes to sports, we actually host the powerboat racing in Sharjah, the Formula One powerboat racing is that is held under the under the leadership of the Sharjah Tourism Authority. Really we also incredible. have uh, events that are can create it through a federal way uh, so for example in 2019 we're having the the youth world cup i believe in the united arab emirates so Sharjah, dubai abu dhabi and all of the other emirates are hosting it so so is is uh, is tourism when it comes to sports uh, something important i think it's very important we're actually Shurooka is sponsoring a golf championship for the seniors that's going to start for from the coming year and that will go there for another three years so it's a, it's a big demand. Dubai had played a major role and a magnificent way of promoting itself and I think all of the emirates are are working it out in the same way when it comes to health and where uh, health and wellness we basically are uh, in charge are supporting investing in, into the health and uh, health and wellness and we're developing a whole uh, whole city that's basically a healthcare city that promotes uh, health and wellness but on the other hand, on the east coast, we're trying to create a wellness destination, so promoting Kalba as a wellness destination, and those are under under the development. So, mm. is it something that the Emirates can can develop on? I, I believe so. I don't think Sharjah can only be the only Emirate. We can have it in Sharjah, Ras Al Khaimah, Those yeah. are the three Emirates yeah. that have magnificent views. Rasul mm. Al has has a lovely view of the seafront and the mangroves. Dubai has some part of it, Ras al-Khaimah has a magnificent part, Abu Dhabi is the capital when when it comes to the size of it and the number of islands. So wellness is something really important. Healthcare, the whole Emirates, whether it's Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Sharjah, even Ras al-Khaimah, they've managed to get international operators, whether it's the Cleveland or the Moorfield, they're all here in the Emirates. So is it a health destination? Yes, it is. With more, uh, with more opportunities, I think we're going to create the Emirates as the health destination for the region, I would say. Okay.
0: We didn't hear about Umar al-Qawain, so it's nice that you mentioned it. I think it's only at Fujairah that we haven't heard about today of the Emirates. So th- there are questions. Um, some more points from the floor. They can also be comments. They don't have to be questions. Excuse me, One, then, two, then three.
6: There was a question sure. about international tourism. I was going to leave that um, for yes. the end. Well, okay. Oh. But I, I think somebody All right. like, All right. uh, okay, fine. like Emirates Airlines. Okay, fine. Surely if would you be, want to, if give you want more to answer
0: that now. That's fine. Sorry. If you want to answer it now, it's fine. I was just going to leave it at the very end because it was kind of where are we at 2016 and then looking further afield for for, for your kind of tourism objectives. So we'll park that one for the moment. Yeah. If you could give the microphone to the gentleman and we've got 20 minutes left, so keep them brief.
6: Thank you. I'm Nadim Azir. I'm from Rotana Hotels uh, and we're definitely part of the UAE tourism and uh, we're very proud of the achievements here so far. The question I had personally is regarding the tourism organizations from all the Emirates. Typically you would find a national tourism organization consolidated to represent the country. But here seems like uh, in the UAE uh, a little bit of an exception to that. Uh, And there were also discussions about consolidating that in the future, but uh, in early steps. So can any of the gentlemen here representing the tourism board elaborate on that question? as an UAE National Tourism Authority, rather than yeah, Emirates by Emirates?
0: Yeah, we don't have a representative from, from that UAE you know, Tourism there Board. There, there, is there is a body. It's not on the panel, but somebody has elected to um, speak on its behalf. Could I take, we'll come to that? Another point, please, from the floor? Could we – there's one, two, three, four. Okay. We'll take – oh, and five.
8: My name is Vaseem, I'm also from Pakistan, as uh, you were elaborating about the sports. uh, You know, the football is uh, the world famous game and you never talk about uh, promoting the football in UAE because if you promote football, international events of football, I think that can uh, highlight the destination more in the world.
0: Thank you, we take that as a comment. There are some ladies who have their hands up, this lady here at the front. Just uh, as a mother and resident, I would. If like you could just hold it a bit
3: higher. Sorry, stop. as a mother and resident, I
0: just
8: would like to know if you, uh, if uh, Dubai is ready also to uh, to welcome youth people, and create uh, something like YMCA or,
3: really, uh, so housing uh, young people.
0: Thank you. What was it? Was, what was the question? Um, housing for young YMCA. people. What was it? Youth tourism. Youth tourism. Oh, right. Well, we sort of touched on that with the sport, but, okay, youth tourism. I thought we already had that. I've seen some of the nightclubs here. Yes, we'll take... (laughs) Just from a distance. Um, I wasn't actually on the dance floor, but I wish I could have been young enough to have gone on it. Yes?
4: Hi. It's actually what you've just touched upon, Zainab, just now. Um, I'm Gemma Greenwood. Just really wanted to hear from Thierry and also from Gerald. You know, we've heard very much about where we are today and how we've got here, but looking to the future, I think Sheikh Ahmed said that the development of Dubai and indeed the UAE is really down to Emirates, Emirates Airline. The two are completely interlinked. And I'd like to know how Emirates is going to take us, you know, over the next decade to help grow tourism to Dubai and the UAE. And also from Gerald as well, you know, with your vast experience and now your new role at Dubai Holding, there's a lot of infrastructure still to be built. I'd like to hear a bit from you about you know, where you're going to take that, to, you know, to take the destination to the next level. Okay, thank
0: you. We'll take one more. I'm favoring the females in the audience. I'm abusing my position as chair. Redressing the gender balance, gentlemen. I am rather isolated on this stage. Right. <coughs>
1: Hi guys, I'm Bindu with Emirates 24-7, um, I'm with all due respect to Theory, and um, Emirates but we're actually targeting mid-market and we're trying to reopen and um, invite Dubai you know, residents and tourists to Dubai to the UAE in the mid-market segment but airfares are not matching up, I mean airfares are still very
0: very high do we need to actually open up routes for more low-cost carriers? Okay, thank you. Thank you. We'll take one more. Don't worry, I'm keeping a note in my head of all these questions. Yeah, the lady. Hi,
8: I'm Heather McPherson. I'm from The Hotel Show and The Leisure Show from DMG Events. Um, I would like to ask about all of the theme park development, You know, all of these massive developments that are under construction at the moment, how they are going to work together across the eminence. So, for example, Ferrari World in Abu Dhabi, Dubai Parks and Resorts, IMG World and Adventure. As a resident, will there be the opportunity to travel between these different attractions as part of one ticket, for example, or is this something that will the different attractions be working together with the hotels um, to provide opportunities for people to be able to, as residents, but also as tourists, um, to make it easier to do so?
0: Thank you. Okay, let's just put a couple of compound questions there then. The youth tourism and the Legoland and the Bollywood parks and so on, and the waterworks in in Yas Island, that question there. How are you going to integrate those? Do you want to answer that one,
2: Azam, and just briefly touch on the youth tourism question? Absolutely. I I think for us right now, to achieve the 20 million mark that we've set for ourselves, um, the main focus was to kind of target our audiences to make sure that we get the numbers that we're after so family tourism obviously became the 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 poll that we're going for outside of the business uh, segment so when we look at the family side of tourism we have different age groups that we need to cater for as well so we again going back to the private and public um, relationship and and how we work well together is about making them understand exactly which markets we're going uh, after which age groups and hence work with them to develop the right offerings to make sure that we can at least use that as a hope to bring people in so going back at a point that you just highlighted the Dubai Parks and Resorts is an example they have different uh, features within their uh, their area and their development Catering for different age groups, so the Legoland is more for the toddlers, Mm. going all the way through to the the Motion Gate Hollywood themed uh, uh, games and amusements as well, which is to the uh, uh, teenage um, Mm. uh, segment as well, and then going Bollywood. And linking all those. Absolutely. Yeah. Which
0: touches on that question of is there a national kind of strategy? I think, look, the Emirates, on the private yeah. side
2: right now, it's about making sure that they utilise the spaces within their own properties um, predominantly, but absolutely tying them all in together. Within that experience, happens as well.
0: All right, you wanted to touch on that highly about say, yeah. yeah the, the question the, regarding the, the national, national yeah. council. There is a national council
1: of tourism and antiquities, uh, which fall uh, which falls under the uh, ministry of economy now. Uh, They are in charge of or responsible for uh, creating a country brand, which is seven Emirates, one destination. Uh, The the, the council was formed uh, several, maybe four or five years ago, uh, and uh, they have a lot of efforts and we work closely with them into promoting the country because we, we don't want to lose also our identity as a country of United Arab Emirates. As we said, every emirate has its identity and uh, then it's too uh, separated from the country. Uh, they had a lot of initiatives that are good uh, that, again, will put us back and represent the country as a whole.
0: Okay. Did you want to make a point with this particular... Yeah, a microphone for this chap. It's relevant to this point, is it? <laughs> the
4: whole point.
0: Which whole point?
6: <laughs> Listen, uh, hello. Uh, my name is Mu'taz I Amin. Mean, I'm a business development consultant living here in, the, in Dubai. Um, particularly to that point, um, I have one of my clients we are facing problems that we cannot practice, if you have a license in certain emirate, you are not allowed to practice the same tourism service in another emirate. So we have to open in each emirate an office.
0: Thank you. that's a valid point. Yes. But, uh, Are you doing think, something about this, it? No.
1: This is uh, we see every uh, see. You have to first of all. The, everyone who works here has to understand the the policies and the structure of this country and how it works. We have federal government and we have the local government. So the local governments are responsible for issuing licenses for tourism, for many, for everything, basically, except a few uh, specialized uh, types of licenses that have to go through the ministries, which is the federal body. Now, as an emirate of Sharjah or uh, Dubai or Abu Dhabi or Ras al-Khaimah or Fujairah, any emirate will not accept uh, someone to come and do business in their territory without having their license. Because I might have different rules from what Abu Dhabi has. I might have different rules from what Fujairah has. And I think it's fair uh, enough to to ask some, and what does it cost? I mean, the cost in terms of, uh, uh, of operating and uh, opening up a license, it can, it's, it's not really much. Okay. But the other thing that we, if, if you want to talk about the tourism side of it, yeah, tourism, I mean like, uh, for example, uh, tour guides. Let's take an example of tour guides. Now the National Council of Tourism and Antiquities uh, they are working on a product that will uh, be a license for uh, practicing the tour guide uh, throughout the whole country. uh, And they're working on a mechanism like a driving license. You can drive with your driver's license uh, across the country, right? Now we're looking for that, but still they would require to come through uh, the individual Emirates to know something about the, the product because you cannot... Uh, go and explain to someone something about your pro- product when you don 't know about it to start with, so if you take a license from uh, Fujairah uh, and you want to uh, go and practice uh, your occupation in Abu Dhabi, you have to be also there has to, it has to be thick that you are aware and you ha- you, you have the knowledge to, okay. to start uh, sounds like you uh, need a bilateral
0: yeah. okay. Uh, Gentlemen, there was a question there. Let's come to you first, Thierry. Emirates, first of all, in terms of the strategy, if there is this ambition to increase the number of visitors to the UAE, it's going to need carriers. But also, if you're looking for the middle market, you're going to have to have more economic fares. And uh, is Emirates really going to be able to deliver those cheaper flights?
7: Okay, first of all, it's a very good question. And we will continue to do what we did in the last 20 years. In the last 20 years, Emirates invested not only in fleet and product, but also in advertising. We spent 20 billion 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 that's approximately six billion dollars, just in advertising worldwide in the last 20 years, just to promote Dubai and the UAE. So we'll continue to do that, because it's positioned everywhere if we open new cities, new countries, the brand UAE and the brand Dubai, in association with our brand. Second, we will continue to buy aircraft and to grow the size of the fleet. We have today 112 firm orders, deliveries, 112 deliveries between now and end of 2020. So it means 25, 26 new aircraft every year. So it will increase the number of seats to connect Dubai with the rest of the world. And so to have access to all the UAE tourism infrastructure so we continue to do that Uh, the average size of our aircraft has been uh, five years ago around 340 seats now this year is 420 seats because the mix of 380s in the fleet is bigger (coughs) so it means we can accommodate the two-day segment but more and more mice incentives cruise business so in the quantity and the quality of the offer we contribute so regarding the fares uh, the fares the fair level in economy haven't been as low now on the market than this year than in the last 10 years because of many effects on the market not to go into detail and we offer a lot of value of money if you compare today's fare uh, on emirates or other airlines by the way between europe and uae in comparison with other um, with other um, Pricing regarding rooms all over the world or regarding some attraction or regarding you the, the, f- the price. Flight. Yes, yeah. if, you, if you compare what you get, uh, also in another in, in thing, how, how much cost worldwide uh, restaurant, a meal, etc. Today, uh, flying for uh, maybe 400 $500 between Europe and Dubai. Uh, has never been as cheap. You don't think it's too uh-huh. bad? You don't so, think there's
0: scope for the... the, the you may have so, competition from the cheaper so, budget,
3: budget so airlines. Uh,
7: so so, so there, is a, there is a niche and segment for everybody, including new airlines. Uh, with the size of our operation, of course, we have very affordable fare for the people being right. flexible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I see in the growth, in the backlog, everything, a good contribution and we will continue to do what we did. All right.
0: Your motto is be good, look good, make money. <laughs> yes. Isn't that Emirates?
7: Yes, exactly. Thank you.
0: I like good. that. Be good, look good, make money. Hello to Mo. We all, we all agree with that. <laughs> yes. Um, Gerald, there was a question from Gemma about, briefly if you would, because we're running out of time, infrastructure and just where we're at with that.
6: Well, No, I do think that the, uh, the, the, the different types of attractions that we're now having Are very interesting and also their actual location is interesting we've got Expo 2020 coming up which was a Dubai UAE bid and certainly is going to benefit all of the United Arab Emirates and particularly when you look at the geographical location of 2020 of the Dubai parks uh, the kind of attractions that we will have there they'll be within what 20, 25 minutes of Yas Island, for example, where there are more attractions. So you can see a lot of integration. And I think the idea of having flexibility and uh, making it very easy for guests to travel between the, the various attractions that will be here within the next two to five years uh, makes an awful lot of sense indeed. And again, you can imagine a place like uh, Dubai particularly becoming very similar in many aspects as far as theme parks are concerned and if you look at the combination of Dubai and Yas Island of a, an Orlando type experience uh, here within the United Arab Emirates
0: okay thank you and we had that question and um, just your closing comments please gentlemen you can incorporate whatever you like from the questions in your final statement just li- really a minute and no more what, what are your goals for 2016 and beyond and, and just to put it into the international context a bit for us you know the threats that we've had it's a tough neighborhood you operate in, um, and so just maybe you could pick up on that, Marwan. Yeah. Thank you. What
5: I wanted to say is that uh, it's not only about what we do, it's, it's about what is happening around the globe also. It's, it, we can't only depend on, on what a marketing campaign we create or what strategy we put because we live in a world, what is surrounding us and what is the future, what is the diplomacy that we are living in. And the great thing is that we live within the United Arab Emirates, that we are very peaceful with everyone around us. So what's happening around us is actually affecting tourism internationally and it's also affecting us. So we play in a sector that only depends on politics, depends on economy. So a thing that happened in Russia affected the tourists that are coming from Russia. So so we live in a world, even though we put strategy, then we put objectives, it's a very tough industry that depends on everything that is happening around us so what's what i would say is about our future development as long as the united arab emirates develops a, a, this great policy about being friendly with everyone with its neighbors developing its its aspects and creating the best city around the smile the, the place where you can find peace there you can't find harmony a, a place where basically the the government of the united arab Emirates promotes it at a at a welcoming destination this will makes us this will make the united arab Emirates in the same, t- in the same t- strategy that, that the whole seven emirates are, are putting in. Thank you. Sultan, your closing comment. Yeah, I
4: think uh, going forward, we'll continue on growing our numbers, penetrating our markets, delivering our key initiatives and projects: the museums, the airport, the theme parks and so on, all to support the growth of this industry and to diversify our, our uh, economy. But what we need to always uh, uh, look at is to, we need to be very dynamic and very reactive to changes. This is a very difficult industry to run, especially with the different situations and uh, economical situation as well. So we need always to be uh, reactive and to identify new key markets, uh, redefine our initiatives, our tactics, to achieve our objectives.
0: Okay, Aliji, and I think you're particularly interested in how the for us. stakeholders can come together. Yeah,
8: absolutely. And for, and for us, uh, sitting on uh, on hundred hotels on the pipelines, the largest uh, the largest in the regions for Yelton, working with each and individual uh, of of the people sitting on this panel uh, today is extremely important. And making sure we can amplify uh, uh, your messages out and being a, um, that link with the consumers in the various uh, source market where we already have a presence and we're already strong and that we have that one-to-one dialogue and, and delivering exceptional experiences. As I said before, making sure that the consumers do have choice and controls uh, on what to do and where to do it right at the start where they're dreaming about each and every one of your destinations uh, through our platforms and our content.
0: And Harlit, your ambitions for 2016 and beyond? In I the,
1: think, I think it's uh, very important to be able to manage the perception perception management is very important I think that can be achieved through stronger bonds and collaboration with the media this is very very important uh, to to be able to sustain uh, this uh, industry and tourism sector Uh, the other thing I would say is uh, agility as our uh, colleague here Gerald was talking about agility and uh, tourism is about agility it's about speed it's about uh, being able to change it's being able to look for potential markets source markets uh never neglect a market that still has potential like for us the russian market was very is, is still a very important market and our efforts are continuing in uh, in 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 Russia and the CIS uh, even though it's not the best time maybe for uh, under these global inter, you know political uh, situation you and talk the about currency the violence and yeah no stuff, no the, yeah, no no mean, the currency i oh, mean the currency, currency is, yeah the currency it's very expensive now well. for them yeah. to travel the outbound has uh, traveling uh, travelers have dropped so so much in uh, from these countries but still we are focusing there and we are opening a new source markets focusing on them i think this is very important
6: to be quick in response
0: okay thank you that.
6: Can, can you <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, what well, I would like to say, especially uh, with the, from the World Travel and Tourism Council point of view, how important it is that uh, governments around the world actually continue to look at the whole facilitation of travel. And it's not that we make travel less secure. In fact, we want to make it more secure by having a common visa process, and that this visa process should be electronic. We know more and more from the security point of view that it's not about which country a person is coming from, it's much more about the individual. And we need this common electronic visa platform so that people can agree to put their data onto this platform, can be on a voluntary basis, but at least then that it should facilitate having a visa, which in turn, for all of us in the tourism industry, certainly facilitates travel in a very secure manner for the future. I think that's important for the future security of tourism.
0: Did you want to just say a very quick word on the sort of international terror threat that people have talked about? We've seen Paris, Brussels, and obviously problems in Turkey and you know the region.
6: Well I, I, I just hope that it, as I'm saying about visas that it doesn't sort of force governments into making it more difficult to go across borders and understand that it's very much about the individual and understanding you know whether an individual comes, it doesn't matter which country the person is coming from. We've seen already these were nationals of the countries in some cases in which the atrocities were carried out. So it is very much about the individual and I do think tourism is resilient. People have a right to travel. People want to travel. I want to continue traveling. And you will see this. You win the lottery, the first thing people say is, I want to go on a world tour. And, uh, inshallah, this will continue for a long, long time to come.
7: Okay. Thierry? For us, 2016 for MRS is, despite the volatility of the around to continue to, to be optimist uh, and uh, to prepare today what the UAE tourism infrastructure will need tomorrow. There is no reason for us to slow down the pace of our growth, to make all the planned uh, introduction of our aircraft, the new expansion of our network. So we'll continue to work today to prepare what we will need tomorrow.
0: Okay, Haitham, I know at Al um, Khmer, you talked about ecotourism, developing that. You want 850,000 visitors. We didn't really talk about green
3: policies or whatever, you know, sustainability, but that is part of your thinking It is. There. It is, and, and uh, you know, I say we're cautiously optimistic about the future, and we've set a, uh, an ambitious yet realistic uh, goals for ourselves. In 2018, we aim to reach a million visitors. We've set the bulk of that to uh, achieve in 2016. Uh, we grew by 6% in total visitors in 15 over 14, and we're doubling our target to reach 12% growth, reaching the 820,000 uh, uh, visitors in uh, 2016. So, yeah, ecotourism is a, it plays a big role for us. We leverage, again, the natural assets. Uh, some of our brands, take the Banyan tree, for example, have a policy, uh, a global policy, where they plant a tree for every uh, guest. And I think they've planted over a thousand trees so far in Ras al um, And if any of you have ever visited Ras al or the Banyan tree, which I know is one of Terry's favorites, um, you'll see it sits in a, in a wild reserve where you see deer, and you see oryx and camels living in their own free habitats. But also, you see the desert in Ras al Khaimah a little bit different than the rest of the Emirates, where you see much more uh, pockets of trees uh, mm. right in the desert. And it's mind-boggling to see how these trees uh, survive right there in the middle of the Amazing. desert. But again, yeah. it's, you know, it's again that, that natural ecotourism. The marine wildlife, where we are currently building an anantara, to, to where you see ma- you know, mangroves with um, um, flamingos, and you see turtles and stingrays. Uh, and again, that is um, an absolute uh, ambition of ours to continue uh, to grow for, Thank you. for the future.
0: And Issam, uh, for Dubai, where we all are now, of course, 2016. You've said 2020. You want 20 million. But just briefly, your parting thoughts in how you're all going to develop the car is still a king, though, isn't it, in this part of the world? I have to say, when we're talking about sustainability and so
2: on, but anyway, that's another matter. I think for us, the main focus would always be about keeping in track to achieve the numbers that we're after. And in order to do so, we need to make sure that we keep a close eye on not just the traditionally... Uh, Uh, important markets for us in terms in terms of the key source markets where we get our visitors from but also keeping a pulse on Literally what's happening in terms of Emirates and other airlines and their expansions? The growth potentials from from other markets and making sure that we understand those target audiences from there and what Propositions need to be highlighted to them and where do we need to be present in front of them? When you highlighted the issue of the region, it's not new to us. The region has been in the middle of this negative uh, noise for quite some time so we've learned to deal with it over time and we need to show the positive energy that's coming out of the UAE and I think that's very important for us working closely with our comms teams and partners to make sure that that message goes out to so, people.
0: thank you very much indeed thank you all gentlemen the future of the UAE is a global tourism hub the sky's the limit like your big skyscrapers here complementarity rather than competition seems to be the watchword and um, Thank you to all our panel. Thank you to all of you, especially those of you who contributed from me. Zainab Abadawi, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank Thank you.